I hope that you will bear with me on an episode that uh, I don't have an exact format in mind for. Um, I really believe strongly that at different times in our creative lives, we're going to struggle so much with our own plate that trying to create for other people feels miserable. I'm in that place right now. And so I strive every week to give you a monologue episode, just me speaking to you on Mondays, letting you know what's going on. Sometimes you're going to hear a lot of energy in these episodes and times like today, you're going to hear the resistance, the resistance to be out in front of people when I feel like I am completely failing. And to say that kind of sells short, the fact that I had a pretty big success this week. Uh, before we dive too deeply into things, many of you may know, if you've listened to the show for a while, that I used to sell insurance for an insurance carrier. So it is a world that I'm familiar with and love. And my good friend, Tony Schmitz, has sponsored this show to help me get the message out to a larger community, to help get my book, The Seven Figure Marketing Mindset, for novelists in the hands of novelists who are currently in college and may be curious, how the heck do they market their book once they write it? What do they do? How do they find an agent? How do they self-publish and actually sell copies? This book attempts to address the mindset behind those questions. It may not have all of the answers, but you should finish reading it feeling much more equipped to think your way into success. It's great to write a book like that and then to step into selling the book can be a real mind trip. By the way, let's not walk away, Jody, from the important thing, Tony Schmitz. You can reach out to him if you are living in Nebraska, Iowa, Colorado, or any of the surrounding states. He's insured in all of the states surrounding Nebraska for your insurance needs. I wouldn't trust anybody else, to be honest, with my insurance at this point. Tony is... Uh, decades of experience, starting with his father who ran the insurance agency before him. He knows how to get you the right coverage for all of your needs and do so at an inexpensive rate. You've seen how much insurance has jumped lately. It might be time to ask if there can be some better insurance for your needs. So check out Tony Schmitz. His website is going to be in the show notes. I will link it everywhere so you can find it great guy. You're going to love working with him. Give him a phone call at 402-895-3663. Again, that's Tony Schmitz. And thank you so much, Tony, for sponsoring the show and helping to get it out to more novelists because, hey, that's how we get the word to the people. I'm saying nothing right now. Hey, I'm the reluctant book marketer. And I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing. I am trying to sell a book. We're all trying to sell books. That's why we're here. Sometimes you're successful. Sometimes you you push 20 copies out the door in a day and you think, I'm unstoppable. 
And then you realize that you need to push another 200 copies out the door the next day and 2000 copies the day after that. And 20,000 the day after that. And you look at the truly successful novelists and you see the gap between where you're at and you can be tempted to say, well, if I would have set more reasonable goals, everything would have been fine. If I would have just set some more reasonable goals, then I'd feel good about myself. Because if I only wanted to sell 500 copies of my book, I've far exceeded that. So everything's great, right? Except can you really change anything on a, a scale that's noticeable if you sell a thousand copies of the book. Cause let's, let's, let's think about it. I know that this is so popular to be like, if I could just change one person's life with my book, I'd feel so good about myself. You've heard me talk about this, but no, if you only change one person's life with your book, you didn't try hard enough. And if you didn't try hard enough, you're selfish. There are more than one people person. There's more than there. There are more people than just one out there right now who would have their life changed by your book. And this includes novels too. I'm not talking about nonfiction here. Sometimes I think we think of self-help or like whatever memoir as being the only thing that changes lives. But if you want to know the honest to goodness truth, and and I don't even like this author anymore, but Marilyn Robinson's Gilead was a life-changing book for me. It sent me A, on a trajectory that I knew I could be a writer and wanted to do what she was doing. But B, it helped start to clarify who I was to the world. The character of Jack in that book was so identifiable to me that I found a way to change how I viewed the world and, and kind of an acceptance for my addictive personality and the, the struggles that I had to believe like, oh, okay, a character like that is not only incredibly likable, but he's redeem, redeemable, struggling with words. I am sick, so I'll give myself that exception of things that uh, the COVID's round two, um, taking all the necessary precautions. But... Where was I? Jack, redeemed, redeemable. Um, that novel changed my life. It made me a better person. It set me on a trajectory that I never would have been on. And I'm guessing if you're listening right now, you've read a novel that has done that for you. There have been many other novels over the course of my reading life that have had a huge impact on me. Recently, here's my obligatory Stephen King reference. I read uh, Dr. Sleep. I think I mentioned that in a previous episode. Huge impact. Novels almost always are the books that really change me. Nonfiction helps me to grasp some concept, grasp some concepts, but it rarely gets deep enough into my soul, into my emotional core that it really changes me. It shows me some stuff, gets me looking in the right direction. I love nonfiction. I read a lot of it. Fiction is transformative work. So please don't undersell fiction. Fiction is excellent. Okay. So you only change one person's life. You didn't work hard enough. You didn't do enough. You set your goals too low and then you got satisfied and wasted the rest of your life drinking Mai Tais on the beach. And you know how you would afford that if you only sell 100 copies of your book, 500 copies of your book. Don't be proud of yourself. It's lame. You're not trying hard enough. And if you're not trying hard enough, you're probably in the space that I'm at right now, which is I've tried everything I know how to do and it's not working. Taking a sip of coffee there. <clears throat> Writer's block coffee. It's tasty. Check the show notes. You know the deal.
I've tried everything I know, and I've tried some things I didn't know until I did a little bit of research, and none of it's worked. Uh, none of it's worked at the level that I wanted it to work. But that's because, and and I'm saying this to myself right now, so please bear with me, you haven't done it enough. You haven't kept at it. When you felt tired, instead of doubling down, you've backed off. You've believed the false narrative in your head that if you slow down and relax, you'll be rejuvenated. But every inch you give to doubt, doubt takes a mile back. And so you're feeling really beat up. And all you want to do is take a day off to not pick up the phone, to call somebody to sponsor the book into a classroom, to not pick up the phone, to ask somebody if they're interested in reviewing your book, to not sending that email to ask somebody if they'll buy the book, to not direct messaging a person to ask them if they'll buy the book. There are all these actions that you can take. But when enough people say no, when enough people hang up on you, when enough people treat you like an unvalued loser... It's hard to pick up the phone again. It's hard to open up the email. It's hard to push the send button. I will share with you because this is part of of what we're doing together is that I was originally really focused on what value my book could bring to the community. And so I was going out to people and asking folks to, to buy my book um, and help me get it into classrooms because my target audience or one of my best target audiences, I'm competing with them, uh, against like pizza and beer. If you're looking at college students who are getting a degree and not being taught anything about business, and I write a book about the business mindset of writing novels, those people are a great audience for me. They're hard to target because they don't want to spend money on books when they only have a limited amount for pizza and beer. So trying to get in front of them is a challenge and you can think whatever you want. I've had lots of private discussions on why this is not the best way to go. But what I realized this week, kind of a turning point for me was was on Wednesday, I was out literally walking into local shops, asking them to buy the book and support students and offering to put advertising inside of the book and offering to put advertising on my podcast for them. When I realized in terms of actual advertising, my podcast has a far bigger reach than my book does. And so I flipped it around and now I am Tom's shoes, except I'm a book. So if you're listening right now and you'd love to advertise on the podcast, please feel free to get in touch with me. Uh, I am selling impressions now. If you buy 5,000 impressions for $45, I will give you I will, excuse me, if you buy 5,000 impressions, I will donate three copies of my book to a college classroom. So you get 5,000 guaranteed impressions as an ad on my podcast and my book goes into the classroom. Criticize the method, but I'm getting my book in front of the people I need to and I'm getting the book paid for. You might not have a podcast, but you might have a blog. You might not have a blog or a podcast but you may have an audience. You may have tens of thousands of followers on Twitter. There is some place somehow that you can exchange value for the movement of books and you can direct where the books go. So that's the practical step. You're going to have to think that one through because, well, frankly, it took me too long to kind of figure out something that worked. I will tell you that as soon as I figured it out, I sold several more um, and I'm in final closing conversations with people who are going to buy uh, 10,000 impressions or 20,000 impressions on my podcast. And I'm going to be able to donate more copies of my book to the classroom. 
we can have a further conversation later about is I'm, is it, am I really selling my book if I'm using podcast impressions to get the book out there? You think about it any way you want. This is an opportunity to make sure the cost of the book is covered and that it gets in the hand of my my desired audience. I have some plans for what I want to do after the book lands in the hands of my desired audience in ways that I think I can enrich that even further. However, it's a strategy. If you're not moving books, consider doing something untraditional. That's where we're at, I think, right now in publishing. And I think that's a difficult thing for me is that we have to come up with new answers if we want to overcome what in a lot of ways feels like the death of traditional publishing and the dark web of self-publishing. I say the dark web because if you are used to shopping on Amazon, you understand that if you purchase something now, you're going to get it. It's going to be relatively what you were expecting. You're not going to get ghosted. And if you do, you can get a refund. Amazon will step in on your behalf. But if you go over to the dark web and you purchase something, there's a very likely chance it'll never show up. And, and granted, I've never done the dark web. Hopefully somebody out there has. I'd actually love to hear your experience about it because I'm just intrigued. You always hear about it's like the dark web. Oh, the dangerous things that happen on the dark web. Bitcoin, drugs. Um, so with the dark web, you don't get anything. <laughs> You don't get any guarantees. And that's how self-publishing is right now. The whole world of self-publishing is a little bit like the dark web. Now it exists on Amazon. Most most self-published authors exist on Amazon. They're selling their book and you're supposed to figure out like, how do I have a guarantee of quality here? How do I know that they're going to write complete sentences? How do I know that they're going to use like some function of grammar that can I can even like logically understand? Because for as much as people are like, oh, rules exist to be broken. Like if you break enough rules, I don't make sense of your BS. So <laughs> break away, but now I don't think you're any good. Um, there are typos in my book. There are going to be typos in the book that people are reading right now. That's just kind of the way that it works. I probably should have paid for one more round of edits in my book um, is, is something that I'm discovering. And I have a really high or what I thought was a really high value on paid editing, so on and so forth. The dark web. If you can't figure out a way to systematize certain things so that there is some kind of guarantee for the end user, I know I'm using really like businessy jargon language. If I can't go on Amazon and know that I'm going to buy a book that has correct style, decent grammar, good plot, all that kind of stuff, someone has verified something so that I know it's decent. Like I can count on reviews, but if you're just really good at getting reviews, which some people are, um, that's not a quality guarantee. Reviews are unfortunately not a quality guarantee. They are a popularity contest in many ways. We can win a popularity contest. We will. We have to. You have to play certain games. It's tough, though. It's tough. We're just in a weird world right now. These are the things that are on my mind. I hope they're on your mind. Wow. Ugh. Struggling. I'm struggling to put together. What am I even going to title the episode of this podcast? What am I going to say this, this episode is about? It's jumping. It's a little rambly. I am struggling to find inspiration to think all of these trade-offs, all these things I never expected to come. When I started writing, the only success that I could think of was publishing uh, with FSG. Uh, I think I like Little Brown. It's an imprint of a bigger publisher. I like the spine of Little Brown books. I like the authors that wrote for Little Brown. David Foster Wallace is a Little Brown author. 
I thought I was going to publish traditionally. I thought I was going to get the big advance. You know the story. But all of those things uh, didn't come for me. And maybe I'm impatient. Maybe 15 years waiting is not long enough. Maybe I should have waited until it happened. Maybe that persistence of being like the the Bridges of Madison County guy, maybe that's not the right author. can't remember who. Somebody didn't like end up publishing a book until they were in their late 50s or early 60s. And everybody is like, oh, you know, bless his heart. That's persistence. It wasn't, wasn't what I wanted. Like I wanted to be on with it already. So now I'm just one of those people that I'm always curious about, one of those dark web self-published authors that there's no quality guarantee. Stop. These are big questions. They're big questions for me. I hope they're big questions for you. I don't know what to do. I don't. I know that self-publishing is a really smart move for almost every author. I know that there are some things that we can do that are new to get our information in front of more people. I know that there is a whole damn lot of hard work that goes into this and most of you will fail. Jury's still out on me. And if I don't quit, I won't fail. And I do believe uh, that that is true of you as well. If you don't quit, you won't fail. But there are a lot of ways that you can quit that you don't really realize you're quitting. Like I was just talking earlier about feeling like if I just could relax, maybe I would get some more energy back. If I just kind of take my foot off the gas, maybe I don't make so many phone calls today. Maybe I don't make so many emails today trying to get more copies of my book out the door. Then maybe, just maybe, I'll feel better tomorrow because I didn't like get slapped across the face by somebody or just, you know, relaxing, letting my wounds heal. I think all of those things are quitting in disguise. Every day that you uh, allow yourself to relax is a day that you allow yourself to watch the dream, get a little further away, watch the hopes, get a little further away. If you're sick, you take a day off when you could have probably done something because, well, you're sick and that's a great excuse. Your kid has trouble in school. You got a tenant that called you about a toilet. I don't know what it's going to be for you, but there are things that you can justify and say, well, I didn't get around to writing. I didn't get around to marketing today because something came up. Every time you put a priority in front of this is a time that you're quitting on it in a way. Before you know it, you might be going through the motions, but you're not really accomplishing anything. And if that's the case, if you're going through the motions and you're not accomplishing anything, if you don't have any passion behind it, if there is no hurt, if there is no victory, you've already quit. I just need you to know, like I'm telling myself right now. This is hard. It's going to continue to be hard until it's not. And then you're going to be like Russell freaking Brunson or gosh, there's so many people. He's the one that comes to mind lately that just gets on my nerves, you know, funnel, funnel, funnel. I'm sure it's actually awesome. Uh, Russell, if you're listening, which you're definitely not, I'm sure funnels are great, but they're annoying. For all of us who are not funneling um, and who recognize that right now funnels are not actually a particularly effective thing for books. If they are, shoot me an email, jodyjsperling at gmail.com. Comment if you're watching this on YouTube. Funnels really work for me to sell my books, and this is how. I'd love to have you as a guest on the podcast if you're able to use like an actual Russell Brunson Brunson funnel to sell your books. Please share the wealth. Everybody claims there's enough success to go around, but sometimes I wonder if they really believe it. 
I was speaking to a, a potential partner, uh, an ad partner for me to get some books into California colleges. And uh, he kind of, he told me a trick with emailing that I hadn't heard of before. And I was like, awesome, I'm going to start using that. And he's like, yeah, that's great. Go ahead and use it. But just just don't tell a lot of people. And I was like, mm, okay, okay. So we want to hide our success. Well, for one, I want to let you know, I'm not hiding my success um, but <laughs> by any means. I mean, look at me. I'm not terribly successful. Uh, but I think I do have the mindset of persistence and to not quit. Uh, and I think I've already outlasted some of you, um, which is an ironic thing to say here, because if you're listening, I haven't outlasted you, I don't think. But you may have quit listening, in which case you can't hear this, but I'm speaking it to you through the ether. Do you believe you can visualize success? Do you believe that you can visualize like uh, the secret? That's a question on my mind right now. There's some cool science going toward that. Um, but I have always been uh, a bit of like a pessimist in certain ways. Uh, I always expect the worst, but I'm also an optimist under under it all. Like my my lovely wife, Ashley, she's the one who, who on the face of things always says like, you can do it. But when you try something crazy, she's sort of like, are you sure you want to be doing that? That's pretty risky. Um, whereas I'm kind of the person who's like, I expect this to fail, but I'm going to go ahead and jump out of the plane and see if I can build a parachute on the way down. Flip-flop. Am I visualizing my success by doing that or am I sabotaging myself? Questions, not a lot of answers today, folks. I apologize. Thank you for spending a rambling how many ever minutes with me. Uh, sometimes I just have to trust that something I said would plant a seed in your mind that would help you to make the needed connection. If not, turn this show off check back in on Wednesday. I am bringing you an interview with two of my favorite people in the world, Michael J. Sullivan and his wife, Robin Sullivan. I think I've mentioned that they are forthcoming on the, the podcast at least one other time. In fact, I know I did because my friend Haldane is the one who uh, connected me to them. Thank you again, Haldane. That's the second shout out. That's how valuable that connection is to me. And I hope, I hope, I hope Michael J. Sullivan will uh, let me into his inner circle to kind of learn some of his secrets so that I can bring that to you as well. They are doing um, some of the most innovative work in book marketing out there. Uh, they are indirectly responsible for Brandon Sanderson's success. Uh, and I don't think that that's an understatement. So please don't miss Wednesday's, when, when, Wednesday. Please don't miss Wednesday's episode. Get your insurance from Tony Schmitz and the Schmitz Agency. I will drop that in the show notes. Two shout outs in one episode, Tony. I'm working for you because you're working for me because insurance works for us all. So Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a big favor right now. Click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on. That way you'll get notifications every time I drop a new episode. And if you still can't get enough, you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet.